Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Ego light! It's time for Must Have CTV, the podcast dedicated to the sitcoms of the 20th century. From I Love Lucy to News Radio, I'm your TV guy, Brett White, and I'm still standing better than I ever did. <laughs> Uh, And I'm also a senior reporter producer for Decider.com. And we're back in the swing of things, still living in a nightmare hell world that is our reality for the rest of time. And I am joined, of course, who else would I ask to be on the show to get us back on track? Uh, Ethan K. Hello, Ethan. (laughs) Brett, hello! <laughs> it's wonderful to be back, especially because the world is going to hell, and you know what? There's always more of more old television. Yeah, <laughs> it's not going away. No matter how bad things go, we will never lose episodes of I'm Dickens' Fenster. Not well, especially not with Tubi hanging around. Um, Woo! Uh, yeah, listeners, if you are up on the Tubi tip, hop on board. I honestly might do a stretch of episodes just all about things that are on Tubi. Um, because there's a lot of wild stuff on Tubi TV. I've had it with my Roku since we got a Roku and I don't think I've used it for anything. It's just one of those things like I have like public domain movies, like a little channel like that. I've I've never used it. Uh, I have like a horror movie thing I've never used. And Tubi is just one of those things. And I'm looking at, I'm like, oh crap, you do have all of you know, my favorite Martian, or I was looking up, uh, what was it? Life of Riley. Yep, Life of Riley. Bendix. I have, uh, we should do that one. I have no Flying Nun has Flying Nun and Gidget none. has Heart to Heart, which is very important uh, in my life. Um, but so it has Heart to Heart, Bewitched, I Dream of Genie, but like a lot of the shows, it does the rotating seasons thing, which I still find frustrating and stupid like just have the whole show <laughs> unless there's a legal reason why they're only road they only rotate through seasons um it's well, that's like, what life of riley was i think of life of riley only had one or two episodes yeah some of the, well and then there's also um oh i can't remember what the name of it is but betty white's second sitcom from the late 50s is on there uh, as is blondie which i'll talk about in a second because it relates to this episode um Blond- yeah oh okay like yeah, yeah. And blondie yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, so it, it's a really interesting, and it also has like a lot of it has designing women and like '80s sitcoms and stuff too, and a whole lot of old cartoons. Uh, I noticed, like I think Heathcliff might be on there. So Heathcliff, oh my no god, one should terrorize the neighborhood. I remember Sorry. watching that show many times oh and not enjoying it at all. Oh, I loved it was, Heathcliff. It was one of those things. Like there were shows back in like the '80s when I was 
I realized I was six years old when I started watching cartoons with Muppet Babies and Teen Wolf and Galaxy High. And I remember watching, like, I would just watch cartoons, whatever was on. And Heathcliff was one that was just like, oh, you are mildly entertaining, not offensive. Cadillac Cats. Cadillac Cats. That's what I wanted. I didn't care about Heathcliff. I cared about the second half. The U.S. Yeah, the U.S. Acres to Heathcliff exactly. Scarfield. <laughs> no, U.S. Acres was fantastic. So were US Cadillac Acres. Cats. They had Cadillac the one that was always on roller, roller skates. Yeah, that's the only thing you really care about. And there's one with the leg warmers. Yeah, the leg warmers. Wait, they were they no called? Were ever. they called Cadillac Cats? I don't know. Trying, they were the. They lived in a junkyard. What was the the lead? The lead cat had a big hat. That's that's Fat Albert. No, he had a big like he was a tiny cat, but he had like a big like. Um, oh yeah, he was like Tuffy or something like yeah. that. I don't remember. Anyway, it's a good show. Welcome to Must Have Seen TV, where we try to remember <laughs> Heathcliff's second show without uh, looking it up because I googled no Cadillac right. cats and just got a whole bunch of Cadillac advertisements. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's been three months since I've done an episode. I think I said in that episode that I was going to come back in August. Surprise! It's now late September. But you know what? Um, sorry, I don't know. I <laughs> I got I got a new laptop, and for a lot of that stretch, I did not understand how to. Um, all my settings got messed up, and. Uh. But I figured that out. Uh, I've written a lot, in, in, but I've also been working on the book, which is tangentially related to Must Have Seen TV. Um, very much so. so I think it's very, you know, they go hand in hand. Yeah, I mean, I'm always going to talk about it. And uh, having this podcast will hopefully make literary agents t- want to take a, a take a bet on me, roll the dice on an unknown. So please rate, rate review in itunes follow are, everything on twitter and instagram you just... are not an unknown you are <laughs> decider.com you have your own podcast you work for the biggest comic book magazine in the world <laughs> in, 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 12 years ago it no longer exists no no they even shuttered all of the cons they sold them yeah. all off good what a yeah. good day uh yeah what a was... good day is that what you said yeah, I mean, it was a day that a lot of other stuff happened, so it kind of got buried in the news. But for like a minute or two, I was like, oh, yeah. And then I think <laughs> that I think Texas happened and everything's been horrible. Um, and I both worked for, for Wizard and Wizard Magazine. Uh, I worked a lot for Toy Fair, which is the sister magazine, which is all about action figures. But it was kind of like the humor magazine. So I got to write like a lot of fun articles. And I, by the end of it, I was writing a whole like a whole bunch. And... And then I moved over to Wizard, and Brett was working as... I was in conventions. I was the assistant editor of conventions, but that also meant that I wrote a lot of content for the website, which was an ordeal, um, because it was 2008. They didn't understand the internet in 2008, and uh, also the magazine, ultimately. So, yeah, I got to do a lot of fun stuff. You wrote for the magazine? Yeah, yeah. Toward, like, after I'd been there for, like, six or seven months, I started doing, you know, entries on like lists and things like that, like writing blurbs and fun stuff. Cool. Um, I didn't realize we had that in common. Yeah, no, I mean, I, it's a, it's a, it's a byline that I have um, that I'm weirdly proud of, I guess. Um, but you know what else I'm weirdly proud of? 
this podcast. <laughs> uh, this week, podcast. we will be traveling to October 10th, 1965. The Agony and the Ecstasy ruled the box office. Yesterday by the Beatles topped the charts and CBS aired the My Favorite, My Favorite Martian episode. I don't know what happened to my voice. Uh, my Lots Favorite Martian episode, I'd Rather Fight Than Switch. Ethan, you must have seen I'd Rather Fight Than Switch before today. Hells no! It is buried <laughs> deep in the in the bowels of Tubi. Yeah. Well, I mean, so like I, this is maybe the first episode of my favorite Martian that I have ever watched. You, I think, have watched it before, though. I have seen it before, I, and the place where I remember it was, and this is weird. When I was a kid, uh, we traveled to my Mars. <laughs> we traveled to Mars. We traveled to my grandfather's house in uh, Philadelphia for Hanukkah. And on the way back, we got snowed in and had to spend the night at a hotel. I do recall watching my favorite, an episode of My Favorite Martian while at the hotel. Now, granted, this was not 1965, 1963 or whenever it aired. This was when it was in syndication in 1983, four, mm. you know, whenever. Yeah, because it was not a Nick at Night show. So that's why I don't, I never got to see it. Which is so weird because it is, knowing what I know about it, it is cut from the same cloth as Bewitched. Well, and, and I know I, I, this I ties into of... my book. Yes, <laughs> because uh, uh, hold on, let me actually do the. Let me... So I mean, like, so with this, uh, with you know, when you're writing a book about I Dream of Genie, so I guess I'll get into this now. Um, when you're writing a book about I Dream of Genie, you. <laughs> you wade into the Jets versus Sharks of Genie versus Bewitched, which is not actually, which from what I have found, they all, everyone loves both shows. The majority of the people that I am interacting with are in Facebook groups for both shows and enjoy both shows. So like, yeah. uh, but there apparently are, you know, some camps that are like I like Genie more. I like Bewitched more. Genie's a ripoff. Bewitched is the original. Bewitched is smart. And Genie is like just all this, you know, uh, nonsense. But so, like in my research for the book, uh, um, uh, one of my sources, I guess, one of the Genie experts I've been consulting, uh, Blake Knoll, who's in the um, uh, the the private Genie group the Ooh. small only like 90 members genie group that i'm in on facebook now um so he basically did what i was like oh i'm gonna have to do this at some point where i was like i want to go through the episode list of bewitched and genie and see like how many plots did genie really air quote copy you know like how many times did they do a body swap episode a uh, amnesia episode like all that stuff and see yeah. like um and he pointed out that Actually, my favorite Martian did all of those plots first and came out before Bewitched because my favorite Martian came out first and then a year later Bewitched debuts and then a year later uh, Genie debuts. Mm -hmm. And so what is wild is, oh, and the fun, the great thing is, okay, let me find, let me open up my Scrivener, my uh, my manuscript so I can get this Ray, Ray Walston quote uh, because it is choice. And Walston. Da, 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 da. Um, okay, and now I'm scrolling, not editing any of this out. That's what you want. Uh oh oh god. Oh god. <laughs> Maybe I should edit it out. No, here it is. Um, okay, so uh 
The truth is, this is an excerpt, the truth is both Bewitched and I Dream of Genie could be considered ripoffs of another show that debuted before either of them, My Favorite Martian. That's how My Favorite Martian Ray star Ray Walston saw it during a 1965 newspaper profile. In it, My Favorite Martian was directly credited with, quote, unleashing TV's deluge of way out comedy fantasy, including Bewitched, My Living Doll, which is also on Tubi, the Munsters, Adam's Family, I Dream of Jeannie, My Mother, The Car, and The Smothers Brothers Show, which even, do you know the premise of The Smothers Brothers Show? I only know the comedy hour. No, Smothers they had a sitcom. They had a short-lived sitcom where Tom Smothers was cast as an angel in training. Woo! <laughs> I love it. Which is wild. So when asked if he felt guilty about inadvertently inspiring networks to fill primetime with half-hour creature features, Walston said that he was actually angry. To quote Walston, not guilty, angry. My conscience doesn't bother me, but my temper goes up. You've got to be realistic. We knew our format would be copied, but Bewitched uses a lot of our gimmicks. Why don't they get ideas of their own? Like, yeah, like, so what I find super just delightful is that for, I don't know, 60 years, everyone's been like, Genie's copy and bewitched. But the truth is... The truth is... All the, both- all the Martian fans are like, yeah, bewitched is fucking copying us. <laughs> and the Smothers Brothers copied them all. Did you know the Smothers Brothers are still alive? I love that. Yeah, I because when I, when I saw that, when I saw the Smothers Brothers listed in that list of sitcoms, I was like, didn't they just have a variety show? Like, how is that a weird? And then I looked up the premise and I was like, oh, my God, that is nuts. <laughs> it's kind of weird because, like, I I am I know it's going to be in this cut from the same cloth as all these other shows, but I'm, like, interested in seeing what what I it is. From what I read on Wikipedia, I do think it didn't last a, last long because the Smothers Brothers weren't into playing nice with the network that just wanted them to do a good sitcom like this uh so yeah i and i also just think that that speaks to the fact that there are only like 12 sitcom plots in general like you don't watch sitcoms for the imaginative plots you watch them for the performances and the joke writing like and that's how and i say that that is how you would gauge a good sitcom is if they take one of those plots and do something interesting with it yeah or the comedy is especially good or the performance is especially good but rarely it is the plot itself is what someone says like, Oh my God. That's only become a more recent thing with shows like, like community and the good place and shows like that. Like this, the plot must actually be original and interesting. It's a very new. I would, I would say that the good place is somewhat different in that it's one long continuous story rather than episodic. This is what's happening at Greendale community college this week. Like yeah. that's a little less coherent than Good Place. Um, I like those better. Like I felt like I felt like Arrested Development was like that, even though it was very yeah. episodic. It it did have kind of like a narrative that I think has kind of gone off the rails a little bit now when they're kind of like trying to put more and more seasons together um, after the fact. But yeah, uh, especially like old sitcoms, Bewitched, Dream Genie, My Favorite Martian, you name it. It was, you know. What kind of wacky hijinks will we get into this week yet yeah. not refer to them ever again because everything exists in a bubble? Someone, here's a dog inexplicably that's 
hungry for human flesh. <laughs> it's in, anyway. That's um, a, I would watch that. <laughs> so like this an week, Adam's family where like they're like, oh no, monsters would be perfect. It'd be like, yeah. oh, we're all goofy. And then there's a dog that actually eats people and kills people. <laughs> like that's, I'm into that. Uh, this week on Must Have Seen TV, we'll be talking about the My Favorite Martian episode, I'd Rather Fight Than Switch. It is the fifth episode of season three, so it's a color. And it was written by Philip Rapp and directed by David Alexander. Here's how Tubi describes the episode. A malfunctioning molecular reassembler switches Martin's body with Mrs. Britton's. Ethan, how accurate is that description? It's very plain Jane, but it, it works. Yeah. So mm. I did the thing where I'd like Google, like, what are the best episodes of uh, My Favorite Martian? And this was, this was, I think, the 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 highest rated of season three because I was like, ooh, color. I want to see a color episode. And this is interesting, too, because you pointed out Philip Rapp wrote it. He wrote it in conjunction with John L. Green. This was Philip Rapp's only episode of My Favorite Martian, yet it was John L. John L. Green wrote for every episode in the 107 episodes. I mean, was he the creator? Did he like I, do that I, thing where he's like, I, I get credit on everything? <laughs> it's probably true, but this is the only one that Philip Rapp wrote. So he, and for some reason, it is the, the biggest one. Granted now also that John L. Green also wrote uh, one episode of I Dream of Genie and 20 episodes of Bewitched. Yeah, see, like, they also shared a lot of the writers. Like, there's a lot of overlap in all these shows. Like, there a lot like of the special effects people. There's yeah. only, like, 15 guys in Hollywood. It's like comedy in Britain. <laughs> Uh, so now the episode starts with Bill Bixby plays Tim O'Hara, who is a journalist, I think. Sure. I think it was, it did not come up in this, didn't come up in, in this episode. Um, but I mean, this is Bruce Banner. Well, this is Robert Bruce, Robert Banner. What, what is, what did he say? It was Robert Banner in the, the 70s show because Bruce was a gay name. It was too gay. <laughs> Uh, he was also Eddie's father from the courtship of Eddie's father. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was also the lead in a show called The Magician, which is very interesting. If we're just talking about Bill Bixby, he was he was a magician. Oh. He was a member of the Magic Castle. And he did as a, he actually hosted specials uh, and variety performances of amateur magicians. He was very he was big into close magic. Uh, which I thought was really interesting because, spoilers, there is a magic element, a magic show yeah. element. <laughs> Fast and Furious magic show in this episode. Yeah, um, the uh, episode- it's like 30 seconds of magic. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, Bill Bixby, very closely linked with um, with magic, but also, you know, he he was a director. He, 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 he died uh, after collapsing on the set of Blossom. He was a director on that, right? He, was, he directed six episodes of Blossom, and on the sixth one, which was his last one, they it was supposed to be his last one, and he Aww. finished it, and he collapsed, and I think a couple days later, he he passed away. <sighs> but constantly Bummer. busy, um, just like he was just co- like constantly busy in in Hollywood, either behind the camera or in front of it, and he had four like three pretty big shows. Oh yeah, Worship I mean Father. Uh, my favorite Martian and, and Incredible Hulk. Hulk. Yeah. yeah, which I mean, like, to have two shows that are hits is is rare. <laughs> like, so, hmm. so I mean, he he had three. Although, yeah. So, 
Uh, so he comes running in, he's holding something, and this is, so, like, the cold open of this is establishing the molecular reassembler, which the Martian Uncle Martin, as Tim calls him. Um, I also just want to point out, like, (laughs) uh, Martin Freeman played Tim Canterbury, so, like, I, that's just in my head the entire time (laughs) watching this, because I have affinities for the names Martin and Tim, uh, because crushes (laughs) that go back way, way far. Um... So he's hiding something. He's hiding a mouse. He's gotten like a, what was it like a waltzing mouse from waltzing Asia mouse. or something? Well, they were originally bred in China, as he says. And it's a, a mouse that supposedly spins in a circle uh, because of an inner ear uh, deficiency or something like that. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, he I comes in with that. And we see that Martin has a cat in a box. And I'm like, I do not think. No, there were no pet handlers on this. Ep- like, this was very, I worried for the safety of the mouse and the cat. Well, that's, I mean, not to give too much away, but I really did. Because there was one scene where the mouse is supposed to be jumping. Uh, right? jumping. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking at, I'm watching this mouse is jumping. And I realized the only way that they can do this is to heat up the floor. Oh, no. Yeah. That's, that's the way that you would get the mouse to jump. It, it would probably heat it up the floor. I'm like, oh my god, fuck this show. Well, I was also like, well, it's either that or that's more humane than what I thought, which was they just like tied a little fishing line or under its armpits and were just like yanking it up, <laughs> which would be horrible. Um, so but also the of cat, them are good options. The cat doesn't look healthy, but also I do wonder. I think that all cats from before, I don't know, don't look healthy. <laughs> Every time I see a cat on a 1960s sitcom, I'm always like, oh boy, they got that out of an alley. Every time. <laughs> I mean, it's... It, they probably came from some animal warehouse, oh, animal God. handler warehouse where they supplied animals to the whatever shows. They like. They they didn't get credit. So yeah. I don't know if they were good or bad or what not. What their IMDb is. Uh, so yeah, so Martin then uses his molecular reassembler on them because it's going to switch their personalities and like make them allies. Uh, I guess it's going to like balance them out. Yeah. And they're, they're... the like sinister thing is he's like, I plan on using this on all of humanity <laughs> to like stop yeah. wars. And that's just glossed over. <laughs> Yeah, ignoring the fact that he's a Martian that wants to meddle in Earth affairs, and the way he's doing it is to blast everyone with a pink ray. Sure. I mean, this is the kind of shit the Avengers would, like, stop. Like, they would be like, okay, (laughs) you gotta calm down, Martin. (laughs) It made me think of the plot of Batman the movie, where all the the diplomats were turned into dust. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, that that is basically setting up what we're dealing with here. Uh, The opening animation is it well it's an animated sequence just like genie and bewitched so like which martian did it I, first i made a note that well, dennis I've the menace seen... did it first too dennis the menace also had an animated opening there are a lot of shows that had animated openings there are uh, especially back in the black and white days See? like yeah. once again life of riley 1950s with william bendix <laughs> had an animated sequence where william bendix is on a hammock I'm thinking, I'm just thinking that there was so little animation to it, because it really is, the animation is, there's a Martian on Mars, he suddenly, like, the cells switch and he's in the ship, and then the ship just kind of zips out of frame. I've seen, up for sale, bewitched cells. I've seen cells for Genie. I don't think I've ever seen one 
that survived for my favorite mark. Are you hinting that there might only be three? What? There might only be three. Is that what you're hinting? (laughs) It was very crudely done. This was not, (laughs) this was not the animators a game, but I mean, I'd be interested to see if, if one still existed, that'd be kind of cool. I'm sure there are. I mean, apparently there are my favorite Martian. Well, of course there are my favorite Martian super fans. I've been told um, that they are very upset that it is constantly left out of the conversation in the bewitched genie conversation, which rightfully so. If, I mean, if I had a favorite show that was, directly inspired two other shows that were way more popular, I would be bad too. Like I remember like if if it was just a thing where it was a, a Martian that came and it was like a fish out of water thing being like, oh, I'm trying to understand earth customs. Mork. And every now and then I get a little like antennas come out of my head. Sure. But he, what he also shows a lot of psychic powers and psychic weirdness and controlling weird like psychic power, like magical powers. Then I'm like, okay, that really did feed into Bewitched. Yeah, he has a lot more. Well, and they have that like blanket, like he can do whatever kind of uh, vibe. Um, I did, I did know that I. So this would be my first time watching it. I really liked uh, Tim, Tim's little uh, apartment, like his little pad, his little bachelor pad. Yeah, it, it I, felt I, very mid-century, like stylish uh and then i really liked that of course I, I was i noticed that they had the scene of him pulling up in his car and i'm like this is definitely a set but and they only show it for a couple seconds but i'm like so they had to build this set they must have used it other times well, i mean the, the but... exterior of it is very i mean it's a very like ains looking uh a frame it was it's, it looks very mid-century yeah and it's it's the kind of thing that you don't see because Bewitched and Genie are very suburban. Um, Genie or Bewitch is more stylish. Major Nelson is not good with uh, interior design. <laughs> so this is where my favorite word uh, is said in this episode. And every single time it was said, I wrote it down because I just honestly could not believe that they were saying the word Egolite. Egolite. <laughs> over and over again. And it's spelled Egolite, but they pronounce it Egolite. Egolite. Which is apparently like the mystery, like the mystery phlebotanum or whatever <laughs> that it, powers it, it, the it powers the molecular uh, reassembler. Which the molecular reassembler, let's face it, is a a vacuum tube, yeah. like a, a large, like uh, collapsible plastic tube with a blinking pink light at the end. Go go for it, get it done. You guys got forty episodes to do a year. You no, know? yeah, exactly. Well, it, it, it's, I was amazed, like. This lasted three seasons and 107 episodes. episodes. Yeah. Brooklyn Nine-Nine has lasted 157 episodes in eight seasons. Yeah, that it's, well, because, like, they did almost 40 for the first two. That's amazing. Which is, and then, like, a little, like, maybe closer to 30 for season three. <laughs> it's just, and honestly, that is so much more than just shows we're doing. Like, My Favorite Martian was going above and beyond. Uh, truly wild. And that's um, content. That's like content that exists in the world that like all it takes is just you to crack the surface and you find this like huge lake of 107 episodes. I, yeah. And I've never seen any of these hijinks and I can, I can get into it. Can, uh, so this is when the a lady busts in who I don't know where Mrs. Um, God, what, what was her name? Uh, name Mrs. Lorelei. Well, okay. So her name is, her name is Lorelai, but everyone calls her Laura Lee. Like, her, yeah, it's spelled everyone... Lorelai, so I don't know, Gilmore Girls has gotten me 
back in the day, you know, maybe it was pronounced different. I yeah. don't know. They call it, so Laura Lee busts in. Um, and this is where you find out that cat is hers. <laughs> and I'm just yeah. like, oh my Surprise. God. I mean, as a cat owner, that just made me very worried. And just like, how dare Uncle Martin just take that cat <laughs> and then put a mouse personality in its brain. Jesus. Yeah, I mean, it, the, the stakes were pretty low. It's just, hey, we're going to swap the brains of the cat and the mouse. And you're like, all right, this is this is obviously going to, you, you know where it's going to go. Yeah, every, the, yeah. And in the first two minutes, it happens. Yeah, so like she picks up the, the thing. She's like, I'm looking for my cat. Oh, is this a flashlight? <laughs> because Bill Bixby's well-lit apartment is not well-lit enough. <laughs> Needs to look with a flashlight under uh, the couch, I guess? Yeah, I, I, I was just like, she picks up. I was like, I don't know of any flashlights that are like attached to a vacuum hose into it. <laughs> but it's like, whatever. She flips she flips it on and immediately uh, Lorelai's, Lorelai's, Lorelei? Lorelei. Lorelei's personality is swapped with Uncle Martin. And, and you know, uh, episode wrap on Ray Walston, basically. <laughs> he yeah. He's, like, gone for... <laughs> I was interested in seeing more Ray Walston. I wanted like, to see I'd him see playing her. Honestly, when I chose this episode, I was like, oh, cool, we're going to get to see him, like, playing a female character in that ball. Like, that's going to be fun. Um, but instead, what we get is... Uh, Pamela Britton is who plays Laura Lee. And so she played Blondie on Blondie. Um, the, it only lasted one season, though. Um, yeah. And she doesn't really do much before or after. Like, she's in a couple of TV movies and, like, one-off things. I thought that she was phenomenal in this I, I enjoyed her performance. It was the range that she showed going from, I'm the perky, goofy <laughs> landlord, to... <laughs> I am an uncomfortable man in an uncomfortable situation who's trying to also stay in control of the situation. Yes. It was a different tone. It was, it showed some range. It was so good. Like she, I completely bought her as uh, the Martian. Um, There was a weird sense of uh, like menace and intellect and coldness, but still like, sitcom appropriate and she was still very fun to watch and it was a real like tour de force kind of performance and i was like i bet she does not get to do anything remotely this interesting in the other 60 episodes she's in it's kind of sad to think that like this premise is so hackneyed that i can be like yeah i've seen this done before better well yeah i I don't know where but but, like i'm just like i've seen people act as other people better I think that she did a good. I think that this show, this episode, shot itself in the foot by not letting Martin in Lorelei's body do anything, because right. that would have been so much fun. But they just don't. He just remains like hypnotized, frozen on the couch. Um, do you think Ray Walston had that kind of range? I would. Let's see it. He should. He's an actor. <laughs> so the things I'm thinking of, of him in are Lost in Space, where he does not play. Uh, no, that's not. That's not him. Yeah, that's, that's not a, him. That's that other guy who looks just. That's like the other him. thing. No, I'm th- I'm thinking of of Mr. Hand in uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, mm. um, where he plays the same character. Like it's and like, for as much shade as he was throwing at Bewitched, he better be able to back it up with some performance yeah, talent. <laughs> yeah, get get on the <laughs> runway and back it up, Ray Walston, who so, died in 2001. There are some, there are two major complications coming for Martin in Laura Lee's body. Um, she, first of all, has to go on a date with Detective Barnett. What, uh, b- b- what was his name? Barrett? 
Bar- Brennan. Brennan. Detective Brennan. <laughs> Sorry, my favorite Martian fans. Um, she's got to go on a date with Detective Brennan. And also, her brother is coming into town. Like, a lot's going on in this one night in this lady's life. And unfortunately... She's MIA mentally. She's in a and that's and that's not where I thought you were going because I thought the other complication, I guess the third one was you only have a set time before the change is permanent. Oh yeah, yeah. Got so like, how are they gonna get him back? Um, how did I, he find this? How did he figure this out? So like somewhere in there in in Bill Bixby's house are two animals that have switched bodies and have remained there. How much experimentation was there for him to get an actual time limit? To be like, oh, in four hours, it's well, going to be this is like, uh, Maybe this is a, you know, a, a home cure or something he brought from his from Mars. And he's like, um, oh, we do this all the time there. You got to get the egg all right. You got the four hours, blah, blah, blah. So the date shows up. And what I really did like was all the physical comedy of Bill Bixby picking up Ralston. I like, like that too. He's just like a doll. Like he's like an action figure that you've set in like your know, legs bent knees bent and he just like picks him up like that he doesn't move and he just hauls him into the bedroom and bill bixby is not a large man no but ray walston is a smaller man than bill bixby so he, he could pick him up pretty easily <laughs> uh i also so like i also because of course i'm going to point it out i loved uh tim o'hara's ensemble that like burnt sienna orange short sleeve button down collar button up shirt and then the pants with the, um, well, like Sansa, Sansa belt, but not Sansa belt. Like they didn't have belt loops. Uh, I just, I was like, oh, this is really nice, cool outfit. Yeah, I noticed these pants too. I was like, oh, I like these. They just go straight down. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I prefer when I get my suits. Go with the uh, side adjusters, man. Uh, so the date, <laughs> of course, they're going to the Pelican Club. The Pelican Club, which is no cover, no minimum. Oh, wow. And not only does it have a band, it has a magician. God. Well, first of all, we got to talk about the cigarette girls. Oh. Uh, <laughs> because. 63. Yeah, like the, there's girls walking around with cigarettes and like in order to just keep stalling for time and just like deflect all of the romantic energy coming uh, his way, Martin's just like, can you buy me more cigarettes? It's like, I've already bought you nine packs. Can I just get the whole box? I, like, I love Jesus. that. That made me laugh, is that this this cigarette girl just dumps an entire box of cigarettes <laughs> yeah. just yeah. onto their table. And later, we're shown that Brennan, left to his own devices, has stacked all of these in a, little, in a little ziggurat thing. Even all the cigars are set up in a little little pattern. It was like, yeah. So I also business. So Brennan, I really liked him as a character and performer. Uh, he he has the Hayden Rourke energy. I mean, he's the he's the guy who's like never. I'm assuming he's the one who's like never going to catch on that Martin's a Martian, et cetera, et cetera. He's a police detective, so he should, but he doesn't. Um, played by Alan Hewitt, who totally bald. Did you clock oh. it? At the end of the episode, I was like, he's wearing a lace front wig. <laughs> and then I Googled and like, yeah, he was 100% bald at this time. Uh, so he's wearing a wig and it, you know, looked good. It worked out pretty well. I mean, he's, he, I'm looking over his, I looked over his credits and it's one of those Computer things. Computer wore like, tennis shoes. He was in that. He was in Son of Flubber. He was in. Um, yeah, so he was one of the, he was like a Disney player. Professor. Right? Yeah, yeah. He did, but he also did like, he, he's one of those guys that just did 
bring him in for an episode. He did an episode of Bewitched. Like he did an episode of Bob Newhart show. He just you bring him in for an episode. Oh, he did oh. a couple of episodes of Dennis the Menace. He just like he, he's one of those all purpose, you know, handsome. He did like 20 guy. or so episodes of My Favorite Martian. So he's like yeah. a, a recurring, fairly, fairly yeah. recurring. So he he's he's out of 107. So he's there to propose. And he says, like, he basically flat says, like, I know I pro- I'm proposing in an odd way. Like he he doesn't even like wait. He says the word propose well before he proposes. Um, and this is one of those things where like having never seen in the other episodes, I'm like, this is probably their first date. And he's probably proposing because that's the kind of thing that just happened on sitcoms a lot. The detectives did because they were no nonsense. <laughs> they didn't take no crap or waste no time. But, but it's like that street. I would like to actually do like rewatch Golden Girls again and just count all of the times there's an episode where the man that they had just started dating is going to propose. And then it's a whole like, what's my life going to be? I'm going to have to move out. But like, <laughs> and that's just like people proposing early in all these old shows. <laughs> um, and so maybe he, thing at the times, like, well, even, yeah, even they pointed out they're like, it's a whirlwind courtship. So. It, 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 it was acknowledged also fast i'm being a hypocrite or whatever because my parents got married after three weeks wow. so so yeah so i think i am the result of one of these uh relationships whirlwind courtship yeah as they- uh, <laughs> so the problem is like they're out of ego light she's uh martin's like oh wait diamonds are the same thing basically <laughs> and so he's like my earrings are diamond i'm just gonna run home like make it work doesn't work because uh lorelei Lorelei is cheap <laughs> she's wearing some fakes she's rocking some fake diamonds she's she's rocking some fake diamonds i'm looking at some of my some of my other weird notes is is that before before they go on the date uh, they get the telegram saying that the brother is going to be coming in and they think, and Bill Bixby's like, Oh, maybe it's detective Brennan canceling the date. I'm like, who <laughs> fucking sends a telegram to cancel a date? <laughs> I could just call them or I could go down to the Western union office and have someone to hand deliver it. <laughs> or I or could write, I'll down. write Luella Parsons and have her put it in a gossip column. <laughs> uh, oh, but also while, while they're at the date, like the whole time constraint thing leads to this line that I found hilarious. Um, now ladies, it was like, now ladies and gentlemen, 40 minutes of entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> 40 minutes of entertainment 40 minutes of entertainment interrupted by monsieur flamel the magician man he comes out like there is no banter no small talk no introduction he just starts tearing through tricks he does like two in 30 seconds he does he does the thing where he collapses the bird cage and then the birdcage vanishes. And then he he has an empty cone. He puts it on the table. He lifts it up. There's a bunch of flowers underneath it. So it's it's it, great. This is <laughs> I, I would have been like, put the band back on. We want another 40 minutes of music. Well, I would like honestly, if he could keep that pace up for 40 minutes of just doing like 80 sleight of hand tricks in 40 minutes, I would probably be like, this is wild. The cost it would the, the cost of getting all those little sleight of hand tricks would be more money than he would ever make. What do you as mean? A what do you mean? He, it's magic. 
It's magic. They're no, not. It's not he's magic. Not, he doesn't have to bring them anywhere. He just pulls them out of nowhere. No, actually, the magicians actually buy tricks, and there's very little actual magic involved. I don't and think that's no, that's not true. Let's not talk about Santa Claus yet. That's not true. But eventually, we have. That's to. December. Also, <laughs> uh, well, this is also where, like, oh, this is because, like, sh- Martin gets like a call and like has to go over over to the side, and that's where they find all the Egolite stuff because uh, Tin is there, Bill Bixby's there. Uh, well, and so Bill Bixby's like, why can't you just like use your antennas and like teleport, do anything? And Martin's like, no, because those are in like my body at home like i'm in her body so i can't i can use the powers yeah and then he immediately starts hypnotizing everyone and i was like wait okay so uh, uh, is is hypnotism like not a (laughs) i guess it's like a skill and not like a thing you're born with maybe it's maybelline i didn't realize that that my favorite martian could do was hypnotize people to do whatever you want to do which which could have solved so many problems you could it could have just been like I'm hypnotizing you to call this date off. Yeah. I'm hypnotizing you to give me the ring in your pocket because that's a diamond. I'm hypnotizing you to go back home. Like that's, you could have solved this multiple ways that did not involve hijinks. Then it wouldn't be a show. Yeah. But I'm just like, maybe it's like, it's the advertising brain in me. It's just like, you need to get the entire point (laughs) across in, in one sentence. Do it. (laughs) And so like she hypnotizes him in order to like distract him so that like, he can go home and try the diamond ring thing tells hypnotizes uh, the detective to get into the trunk that the magician's doing or whatever goes and back then, home in a total dick move burns the lock of the trunk <laughs> so they can't get him out <laughs> total dick move yeah but back at uh, Tim's apartment the ring doesn't the the earrings don't work and Martin's like, oh, wait a second. He was going to propose. That means he has a diamond ring. Is it a real diamond? Like, is it a diamond ring? And then just like psychically susses out, yes. It's a real diamond it's ring. A- <laughs> well, not, you know, the, the earrings didn't work because they were not real diamonds. They were paste diamonds. I think we need to make, we need to point out why the earrings didn't work and why the ring did work because one was a real diamond. The other ones were fake diamonds. Yes. Um, goes back. To I did like that as soon as Martin goes back to the Pelican Club, everyone is just flipping out about that trunk. <laughs> One guy with a fire axe, yeah, about to take the fire axe to the I'm like that's that's good. Wait, it's a great like that is honestly that is a very smart, stupid, funny joke because um there's no setup to it. It's like you you know the setup. They don't say like we gotta get him out of the trunk, get the axe. You just cut and they're already doing it. And I think that is just so funny. There were some moments that legitimately were like, oh, that's cute. That one worked. Yes. I think the cigarette girl dumping the entire tray out, I think, was pretty good. I mean, I, uh, and I think almost everything that uh, Laura, Lay, Laura Lee <laughs> did as Martin, like, she was just so... I would watch... Have her, have her play The Martian from now on. <laughs> you know what was kind of weird is that the laughs, the, the, the humor that I got from it were not from any of the lines. It was all from actions. Yeah. It was it was it was the dumping the cigarettes. It was the breaking open the the trunk. It was the 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 Laurelly mannerisms and the, the the acting. But the script itself, the jokes were like, <laughs> no, yeah. Well, I mean, and that is what 
you know, that is what they were fighting on I Dream of Genie. Uh, I just spent my morning writing about that again. Because um, they were like, Larry Hagman and Bill Daly were always trying to just like do any type of physical comedy because Sidney Shelton's scripts were just dialogue. Because he just dictated them. He didn't yeah. write. He just talked. Um, and so, like, that that makes sense with this, too. Is like, yeah, you get this script, and it's like, okay, well, let's play around with it. Like, let's get some gags going. Um, he proposes, and <laughs> Martin immediately takes that ring. Wait, hold on. Wait, you, are skipping, you are skipping the part where he, where he said, well, um, Uncle Mar- 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 Martin says, Let's go back to my place. And and the let's go back. To, and, and of course, Dr. Detective Brennan's like, OK. And he says, inconsistency. Thy name is woman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is like, oh, my God, that. Oh, that might be where I noted that he sounds a lot like John O'Hurley, uh, <laughs> Jay Peterman from Seinfeld. <laughs> he had that same kind of like voice. Like, I think I think he's a well-meaning tool. He's kind of a dork. Like he's well-meaning, but I think he's swept up in the times and unaware and very situationally unaware. Yes, of anything. He's he's. I think he's 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 probably a little bit sexist. Um, well, I mean, he's proposing to her out of nowhere and expecting a yes. But like he also uses he also uses the the phrase when when when. When Uncle Martin, as Laura Lee says, "Oh, we can't do this now," he uses the the, the phrase, "Let's not become the hysterical woman." <laughs> so I'm like, he, he, it's just like he he's well-meaning, but the shit that's coming out of his mouth is just like he's oh. a he's a police detective in 1965. <laughs> exactly. Like, he's just exactly. it's all business and it's not. Um. So yeah, proposes Martin then grabs. Grabs a shot glass and does like the immediate like inspection, which honestly, again, as a sight gag, is really funny to like get yeah. proposed to someone, have them immediately check to see if it's a real diamond. Yeah, that's funny. That's good. Again, physical comedy, mm-hmm. not not verbal. Back at home, back home uh, is when her brother has shown up. I don't yes. know. Yeah. Um, who? Okay, so this I found was fascinating. It's played by uh, Bill Idelson, who. Uh, I recognize as Herman Glimsher from the Dick Van Dyke show, Sally Rogers is like long suffering on again, off again, quasi boyfriend. Also yeah. Bill Idelson was, was more like his first profession was he was a sitcom writer. He wrote on the Dick Van Dyke show. He wrote multiple episodes of the Bob Newhart show, including one of my favorites fit fat and 41. Like he, he was a writer first and foremost, which I think is like super cool. <laughs> That is pretty cool. He I, was I like the uh, the Jason Sudeikis of the 1960s, where he was just a writer, and they're like, "Wait a second, we're going to put you on television." And he's he does an admirable enough job. Um, like, I mean, I, I'm looking over the things that he did. Like, he was a writer more than he was an actor. Oh yeah. I mean, he wrote 23 episodes of Gomer Pyle. Oh, like he 19 of six, Andy Griffith. Like six episodes of Odd Couple. Four episodes of Bob Newhart, like three good episodes stuff. of Happy Days, two episodes of MASH, and he ended it with two episodes of Punky Brewster, but he lived another 20 years after And he, he was still acting, uh, right? Wasn't he still appearing on, like, Will and Grace and stuff? Is um, that what I... I know I looked at someone, they were still acting yeah, he, around. He, yeah. he kept, he kept acting, acting up. Good for him. Bill Eilson, where's your biography? Is that next? <laughs> oh, boy. Um... 
So, like, yeah, uh, they switch back. I don't know. There's a lot of, like, uh, the detective tells the brother, oh, yeah, we're getting married? And he's like, oh, great. And then they go back and... But while Wait, they're doing no, that, there's so there's much no reason for the brother to be in this. There's no reason for Bill uh, Adams to be in this. There's literally like you might get a little bit of a, a kind of a like a, a thrown to joke being like, yeah. what's going on here? But honestly, you could have done completely without him. I think they want. Yeah, it's more like it seems more like, oh, we got like a minute. <laughs> we got to add something to this. We're running short. It feels very that. Um I also wrote down that uh, Walston looks a lot like the leader of Heaven's Gate cult, right? Oh, he does. He totally yeah. does. Yeah. He, he looked old in 1965, and he ended up living another... How old was he in 65? He, he died... He was born in, in like 1914, I think. He died in 2001. Oh, so he's like... He's like... Wait, so was he like 100 almost? Like 97? <laughs> Just doing math at, on air. He, no, he died age 86. Oh my god, what is math? Um, wait, so he was born in 1914, right? So he was already in his... So he, he was, was about 50? 50? He was 50 when he did this role. Jeez. Yeah. Back when we would let older people on television. Oh, uh, those were the days. <laughs> those were the days. Those were the days. So, like, this is where every... like the, Now they've switched back, and... Brennan kisses Laura Lee and she's like, what, uh, what is going on? I don't think so. And the brother's like, no, aren't y'all getting married? And he's like, yes. And she's like, I don't think so. What the fuck? Uh, and I don't then, like this whirlwind courtship. No, thank you. Uh, and then Bixby's holding the ring. And so Walston Martin like magics it into uh, Brennan's pocket. And he's like, hey, check your pocket. Oh, like very gaslighting. Very much like you're crazy, Brennan. You never gave this ring to anybody. Yeah. It's been in your pocket the whole time, idiot. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm psychic and telekinetic, and I can and tell anything I want. And I am also yeah. very convincing, cult wise. He's su- he's Superman back in the the Silver Age when they're like, can Superman do this? Yeah, sure. sure. He can, yeah, he can ventral. He's a ventriloquist. He can control people's minds. He can do whatever he wants. He's Superman. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's how all these shows were. Um, but yeah, so then look, we're now we're at the stinger. Uh, Tim comes back. He says that Brennan proposed again, and she was like, no. And now he's on a rest cure, which I assume is like a psychiatric leave. Like, yeah, I, but I've never heard it put as a rest cure before. I've heard of it before. I mean, maybe this is something that they regularly gave policemen at in the 1960s where it'd be like, your job is hard. Maybe you should take a little bit of time off. Now it's like, no, 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 you you're you take more amphetamines. Um, we cut we 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 check in with the cat and the mouse. They are cuddling together and it definitely looks like they are not cuddling of their own accord. Uh, the way these animals were treated, I can only imagine. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> like, I I wouldn't be surprised if they glued the fucking mouse there. Like, they're it was the nineteen sixty. The sixty five people are just going wild. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing there's nothing good about this. Yeah, uh, um, but in that, the credit they did tell you who did who designed the gowns and Bill Bixby's wardrobe. Oh, see, yeah, my uh, Tubi shot me ahead so i didn't get to see all the credits um i went i actually if you hit the back button on the roku it gets rid of like the whole um 
I was on my laptop. The next thing. I'm like, oh, cool. Like, they wow. do touch back on at the very, very end. They do bring up the idea of Martin likes, I'm going to use this on the world and get rid of all, like, what, and get rid of all, I don't know, disagreement or whatever. And um, Bill Bixley just says, Uncle Martin, you are a great man. You can't sew, though. Well, like, because he needs his, like, jacket fixed. But it's, it's just like, a, you're a great man. Out of, he's wants to brainwash the world. He's a Martian, like, great he's not really your uncle you really don't have that much of a connection with him well this is year three i feel like you know you live with someone for three years live with someone for three years they can still end up being like a nazi spy well yeah i mean that's who knows what that and that's how i'm interpreting this (laughs) martin is a spy for mars and he's trying to be all benign and fun but eventually he's gonna conquer them wait didn't they make a like a movie my favorite christopher lloyd Oh, that win, nineteen ninety nine. Which I mean, which is I mean, was, is definitely like the person I would imagine is going to be a great, yeah. you know, replacement for Ray Walston. And it was in Black Jeff and Daniels. Cool, good for them. <laughs> great cast, absolutely great cast. Man, maybe I should do like a um maybe like next summer I should do like a summer blockbuster stretch and we watch the movies that were based on the sitcoms. Uh, like Bewitched. the Beverly Hillbillies Bewitched, the Brady Bunch movies, which are fucking great. Um, they are really good. Beverly Hillbillies is not good. Get Monster smart. Go not that good. Adam's family, great. So like, yeah, it's very hit or miss, mostly miss. Yeah. Um wait, who did Bill Bixby's wardrobe? You know what? I it's hard for me to say because I didn't I didn't make a note of it. Because I um, I wonder if it was Ralph Schlein, if it was any of a cast and crew. Let's see, um, costume design. No, fun, it doesn't. The say. The fun thing of googling. Okay, I'll yeah, I'll do them. I'll look up. Because you know, yeah, I, it's, in, it's in the credits. I mean, um, are. You ready for some must-have facts about this episode of television? I would love to hear some facts about this episode. It's it's the most well-rated ra- episode of My Favorite Martian. What else can we learn about this? <laughs> it's the most uh, well-rated of season three. According to a weird site that I used called, like, TV. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Skimmer or something. I don't know. Like you you goo, you find yeah. things. Uh, so the ratings for this episode was not the top 30. So I don't know how many people watched it that week. Uh, my favorite Martian started out strong. It was like top 10 season one, and then it was top 30 season two, and now it has dropped 
to uh, to out of the thirty. Um, Even though, now that it's in color, yeah. And I will I will also say I don't think color helped it that much. Be- I don't know if it's just because, um, like Bewitch and I Dream of Genie have gotten more attention paid to their like restoration or like reruns, and so like the color is more vibrant on those maybe. Uh, but like this, this uh, I didn't. The color was very drab in this. When I think like Bewitched and Genie are very bright, very like pop. Yeah. And this, what Martin should be wearing green all the time. <laughs> Why isn't he wearing a green shirt or green pants? I don't know. There, there was, there was, there was not much visual interest. It was yeah. you had an apartment, and then you had another apartment, and then you had the club, which the the part of the club I thought was pretty nice. I mean, it's it's basically an episode of Three's Company. You've got the Regal Beagle, and then you've got like, <laughs> two other locations that are both indoors. <laughs> yeah, so I feel like that. You know, even though it was in color, people were like, "This ain't doing it for me." Um, the top five shows of the week that this aired. Uh, number five was the Andy Griffith Show. Jesus Christ, my pop filter. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Up goes the filter. We're all we're all having fun, listeners. I'm <laughs> back in the habit. Uh, Edit it out. No, never. Um, sorry. Uh, number four uh, was the Andy Griffith Don Knotts Jim Neighbors Show, which was a one-off variety show that CBS was like, "We have so much talent on our network. Let's do a variety show." Um, so that happened. Uh, Fun fact: uh, I I just found out this week that at the Great Allentown Fair. In the 1970s, my aunt met Jim Neighbors and got a picture with him. Oh, gay was, hero, gay icon. She, she was uh, looking for stories as like uh, for a newspaper and ran across Jim Neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> Go get that scoop. Um, number the third most watched thing was a World Series game. Number two was Bonanza. And number one was a World Series game. So, you know, what an interesting interesting week of television bonanza beat the world series uh one game another game was was number one so i don't i you cannot you could not pay me to watch when i was a kid like nothing made me lunge at the tv faster than the gun smoke or bonanza coming on uh, doesn't mean like change that channel get it away <laughs> uh there's so many of them i know we, t- we talked about westerns and that's another like if you tap the surface there's a lake of westerns that well, ran like 400 episodes. Oh yeah, Gunsmoke was like 20 it. years or something insane like I can't, yeah. I can't. Uh um so the CBS Sunday night lineup that, that my favorite Martian aired as part of was uh Lassie kicked it off followed by my favorite Martian, then the Ed Sullivan show, Perry Mason, and then closing out with Candy Cameron, what's my line? Ooh. So honestly, that's a long, good night of television on Sunday night. It is. Uh, also, a lot of shows like Lassie, uh, Ed Sullivan, and Perry Mason have been on for a while. Also, what's my line too? So <laughs> that, that's some like old standards, and also things that are about to get end. Probably, they're, they're, they're things that I've heard of. Yeah, it's not just like you know the Mitch Gutman show, <laughs> and you're like, oh, I've. I've just- <laughs> <laughs> that probably would have lasted 75 episodes. You're like, I've yes. never oh, yeah, that. you didn't hit the hundred, so I never heard of you. Uh, so the title of the episode is inspired by a slogan that was used by the cigarette company Ter- yep. Terryton. Uh, I'd rather fight than switch. Um, I, I, I did look into that. They, that lasted for a while. The whole campaign was 
um, people with black eyes that um, that they they looked like it was something like they were not compromising on something and they had gotten to a fight about it. So they they would like turn to the camera and one of their eyes would be black, be like, I'm not switching my cigarette and I had to fight for it. Jesus and what made Christ. it even made it even crazier was later, like much later, it lasted for like I want to say like 30 years. Later, they they introduced light cigarettes. So people had instead of black eyes, they had white circles no. under their eyes. Like dagger like, of cloak and dagger, exactly. Or like long a shot domino from uh, hell. It's it was just a weird campaign. Also, so wild long. that it lasted that long. And uh, shrug emoji from me. I don't. I never heard that. Also, because uh, thirteen months later, Bewitched did an episode called "I'd Rather Twitch Than Fight." Oh come on! So like it was in the zyga. kind of like how there are a lot of um like sitcom episodes that are titled like uh I am curious yeah. color, you know? Yeah. And it's like, okay. That was a a Swedish erotica film. I think because it I I I know it because it just came up in an article I read on Kotaku about the history of erotic video games. Oh my god. What a big like ridiculous like outrage and also possible scam like the whole thing was Great article if you can find it. Um, I am anyway. curious. Article. Uh, so on, <laughs> on IMDb, which is not where I did my research to find out, but um, 31 users rated this an 8.1 out of 10. Yeah, I, I I think I looked at this at the same thing and kind of like looked at, at the episodes for the for the season, and this did better than than All the right. consensus on the other ones. Like, uh, it's it's nothing fantastic but it does have that great performance um of uh Pamela Pamela Britain as yeah. Loralee doing a great job i would say that you know if th- maybe there's a funnier episode i i I, w- I wouldn't know what it is but as far as like this is you know watching someone do a good job acting yeah, yeah. well and Pamela also Britain. i don't know what ray walston can do <laughs> Yeah, because he was he was in this. He wasn't in this really. He was about in this as much as the cat. Yeah, so like I'm like okay, maybe better episodes are one where he actually like knocks it out of the park, and it's just we didn't even get to see the antenna, which was the biggest part of the show was the the antenna going up. Didn't show him once, except in the under the end credits. He's they have a a picture of him, a still photo of him with the antenna. Uh, So who had the must see performance in this episode? Pamela Pamela Britton. Yeah. Oh, my God. Knocked out of the park by far. Or the mouse with the jumping. Oh, no, (laughs) I don't don't want to think about that. I'm just imagining that it was a really hot floor and then the mouse just wouldn't want to sit down because the world was awful like that. And it was even more (laughs) awful in the 60s. But Pamela Britton really, really, really served this. I'm interested to watch other episodes and see what her actual character is like. And because even like the little glimpses we saw of her being like, I'm assuming like the busybody that lives nearby. uh, She did 62 episodes. She was She was not just appearing. She was a regular. I mean, she was, I guess, like the female lead, essentially. Yeah. These other yeah. two bachelors living in an apartment. And funny enough, she did show up in 1973 in an episode of The Magician <gasps> starring. Oh, I love it when that happens. Old friends get back together. Um, must other people see this episode of television? No, <laughs> no, no. I, I think they, there's like 
if, if I went the rest of my life not seeing this episode, I would, I, my life would pretty much be the same. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that I do need to watch other episodes of my favorite Martian. Uh, clearly, um, apologies for people that are disappointed in me for not having seen a lot of it or any of it before now. Uh, so yeah, that's I, a, but that's I, the thing, Brett, is that there is so much content out there, and if someone takes you tasks. It takes you to takes you to task for not watching all 107 episodes of my favorite Martian. That's that says more about them than it does you. There's a lot. There is a whole lot, and some of us have to watch television for work, which makes us uh, cover shows we do not watch nor like, like Lucifer, a show that I've now seen three full seasons of. Oh, but it's over. Is it any good? (laughs) It's so. Here is what I realized while watching all of season six, the final season, uh, uh, at 300% speed um, with the subtitles on, because <laughs> I have to understand the plot so I can cover it for work. It is, basically I realized if they made Heart to Heart right now in 2021, and it was a CBS procedural, which you'd know it would be, it would be like Lucifer. Because Lucifer has that, it's like, that that put it in a context that I can understand. Like Lucifer has that same. It is a drama in terms of like its length, and there's no laugh track. But like it's goofy. They know it's goofy. They're just doing it. They're having fun. Um, there is a dramatic streak with some plot lines and stuff. Uh, but you know, everyone's beautiful. Everyone's you know, <laughs> uh, yeah. really witty and stuff. But the thing is, and I think that like comparing and contrasting. The way that those shows looked like back then or the way they look now shows how <clears throat> soulless <laughs> a lot of them, because it's just like the sets are all super like brightly lit, very sterile. Uh, police offices have uh, glass walls and shit everywhere. Um, everyone is the exact same kind of attractive and also under 50. Uh, everyone dresses the exact same. Oh, you know, that's just like all these shows. Everyone just like wears the thing that I find fascinating about heart to heart is like the sets look lived in. Um, It's shot on film. So there's an actual like grain and like substance to it instead of like the the cold intangible problem (laughs) of digital. Yeah. Uh, And also like characters uh, dressed like individuals on heart to heart. Um, Also actors of varying ages. On those shows, like Murder She Wrote, if Murder yeah. She Wrote was made nowadays, that person would be forty-five, maybe. And yeah, that, that would person be old. Would be a twenty-something blogger. Yeah. And the oldest person on the show would be her dad, who would be thirty. Well, and 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 her dad would work at the police department, which you know he would always wear really cheap suits and shirts from Express Men. Um, <laughs> and it's just like. Uh, yeah, now, Brett, you just called Express Men cheap, and now they're not going to sponsor the show. That's fine. Uh, you know what? They all should be wearing Drake's or Spear and McKay. Please sponsor my show uh, so I can buy some of Drake's uh, insanely expensive casual wear. It just gets more expensive every season. We're we're having fun. We're having fun. I'm um, wearing jeans and a shirt that I bought off a friend. Well, I'm wearing a rogue t-shirt that I got off of Amazon that I don't know if it's official, but it's cool. Um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, thank you, Ethan, for getting the podcast uh, up and going again. Apologies to all of my listeners. 
for taking a hiatus and then coming back a hot mess and knocking a pop filter over and screaming about heart to heart on an episode that's not about heart to heart it always comes back it will always come back to it and i need to do three more gotta do season three four and five episodes um and i don't know i like the episode of heart to heart that we watch you would like you would like multiple you should listen to the episode that I did with Winston Knoll where it's about the um uh like highly addictive dog food that people get oh, hooked yeah, on. Yeah. Like it's great. <laughs> it's perfect. It's a perfect show. Um well. anyway, where can people find you on the internet if they want to talk to you about Pamela Britton? Uh I'm on Instagram at Ethan K fifty five. Um I post a lot of pictures of my cats. Um, yeah, it's, I, I work all the time. Um, uh, looking to go to grad school. Where can people uh, find the work that you do? <laughs> it's that, uh, if, if you find the work that I do, I am sorry. It means that you are looking for cures for cancer and that's, it's not fun. It's not funny. It's, it's not funny work. It's not funny. haha. And if you it's, find my work, it's because you're confused about what time episode six of what if comes on Disney plus, <sighs> yeah what if is you know not to not to editorialize a little bit Edit- what if is depressing yeah what if comics were depressing i wrote a whole article about that that people should read it's just the majority yeah. of what if comics end with um at least four hero deaths i i'm watching it out of obligation i love it i think it is fantastic I think it's I think it's well done, but yeah. I I never I never feel uplifted except for the first episode. I'm just watching it, being like, oh, it's 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 sad. But that's what you know. I mean, that that's what what if is. So, well, I don't read those comics. <laughs> I, I mean, read yeah. fun comics. I read Donald Duck. <laughs> uh, no one dies in Donald Duck. No, don't they? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Carl Barks gets pretty Uncle Scrooge. Gyro is found murdered. So that does it for this episode of Must Have Seen TV. Thanks again to my guest Ethan K for dropping by, talking about my favorite Martian with me. Next time I'll be discussing I don't know what with I don't know who, but it's gonna happen and it's gonna be on a regular basis, probably through the end of the year because we got the holiday gauntlet to run and it's the most wonderful time of the year. Uh, until then, I want to hear from all of you. Please, legit, follow Must Have Seen TV on Twitter and Instagram. And also follow me at Brett White on Twitter and Instagram. Because the more followers I get, the more impressive it looks to literary agents. Uh, and this is true. Please follow me. Please talk to me. Please engage with content. Because uh, if I, that, that's the only way you get book deals nowadays. Read the words that I write at Decider.com. Thanks to ACAST for hosting the podcast. Thanks to everyone for listening. And you know what? I will uh, see you next time on Must Have Seen TV 2021. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.